0: Hello listeners and welcome to the Monzo Weekly Podcast, bringing you energy matters in an informal setting. In this week's episode, we're in Finland to discuss the developments and the outlook in the country's energy market. The country has seen the world's largest power plant come online this year and wind power is also booming. But what does this mean for the market and for prices? Will demand grow the same way as supply? Or what is the outlook for the security of supply ahead of the coming winter? helping me Richard Sverson, to discuss this is Rico Merikoski of Axpo Marko Nieminen of the TSO Fingrid and Heidi Palatie of the Finnish Wind Power Association a warm welcome to you all
1: thank you thank you, thank you.
0: Um, uh, Marco if I can start with you you know there were concerns ahead of last winter about security of supply in Finland is 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 are we at the end of the crisis now have we got nothing to worry about anymore <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, <coughs> obviously the situation is a lot better than it was a year ago. I mean, uh, many of those things that were un- very uncertain last year are still un- are now having a better situation. Mm. There are consumers and, and society is a lot more prepared for, uh, for even difficult outcome. Mm. And uh, also the producers, they have found alternative so- suppliers for various fuels and, and, and supplies. And, uh, of course, uh, we have all the 3 up and running now. We have a lot more wind power now than we had a year ago. Mm. And uh, in that way, the whole society and, and, and the power system is, is a lot more prepared mm. for this kind of difficult situation. Then again, we do have these uncertainties that we always have that uh, the weather is a big question mark here in Finland because we can have the cold winter. Luckily, we didn't have that during last winter. And and if we have a very cold uh, period that also might be calm, so we are a bit down with wind power during that time. Mm. And of course, I mean, uh, as you mentioned, Olkiluoto Three—that's a big unit. We we really hope that it uh, it it will run smoothly throughout the winter, and uh, and uh, but Olkiluoto Three, as well as, as all all other larger power plants, they they might have some, or there is a possibility for problems always. So in that way, we can't say for certain mm. that uh, mm. that. The Everything is, is now very fine for the next winter, but the situation looks a lot better than it was a year ago. Yeah.
0: And Enrico, if I can ask, ask you, are, are we over the worst? You know, is there, you know, can we can we sort of ease off, relax a bit now, or is, are, are there still the concerns here that that Marco mentioned?
3: Yeah, well, definitely for Finland, I I fully agree that the situation is far better than it was. Also, in in that, that uh, let's say, just a couple of years ago, one can imagine that we had. Uh, significant Russian supply to to lose, but now there is not much actually Russian energy moving in here anymore. So that there is, we don't need to prepare anymore for losing that because we have already adjusted to the new situation. So that's also part of the much better preparation. And of course, I think this is a great sign of success in Finnish energy policy that we have been able to uh, uh, like simultaneously increase nuclear power and wind power. And we also have all-time low emissions of Finnish power system right now. I think this should be marketed as a remarkable success.
0: Absolutely. But what, what does it mean for, for prices in Finland? You know, we're, we're at Montel's Finnish Energy Day, where we also heard that Finland has gone from a high-price area to a low-price area. So what's, what's the, the outlook for, for the coming months and years, Riku?
3: Well, I'm not sure if I'm the right guy to (laughs) comment that, uh, but uh, what we heard on uh, some presentations also here in this event, I think that uh, um, there is quite a significant, there is a real risk of uh, us getting a really low price area. This exists, especially if we continue to go this way, that we have every year much more production and not much demand. I think it's quite... I, I agree fully with the uh, presentation, which we saw there, that, uh, that we have had 25 years of flat consumption and now everyone is drawing really high increases of demand in a very short period, which would be n- something never seen in a totally industrialized society. So remains to be seen if, we, if that really occurs. That's a real risk, I think.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think we will turn back to that and then the forecast for demand. But uh, but the the there's, there's been clearly a, a boom in wind power in Finland, Heidi. And uh, w- what's behind that? And and is it is will it is will it last?
1: Mm. Yeah, it's it's amazing amazing boom going on at the moment. Um, of course, behind is that um, we have good regulation. Uh, it's it might take time, but it's doable. Uh, it's see through. We have clear clear rules based on science um, supporting su- supporting the, for example, noise emission levels. So, so in that sense, project development is very doable in Finland. Um, <coughs> we have good project pipeline. We have plenty of room. We are size of Germany with only five mi- million people, so we certainly have plenty of room for onshore wind power. And also, we have very long coastline. Mm. And then. We had a feeding tariff system that really got the market started a um, bit later than in many other, uh, many other countries, but we were also the one of the first countries to go to market-based construction. Mm. So plenty of reasons um, behind the boom right now. Um, we see it ongoing, but we need the r- uh, growing consumption to be able to construct mm. this, this high amount of new wind power capacity. So. For next few years, we can go on like this, but then we need need new consumption. We need responsive consumption.
0: And and um and Fingrid has, has, has is quite bullish in the terms of its outlook for the d- demand. Uh, Marco, maybe you can talk us through that. What you expect, um, what kind of demand to come online, and what kind of numbers uh, in the coming years?
2: Hmm. Yes, I mean there is a possibility that uh, that Finnish power demand can increase like fifty percent during the next decade. Uh, there are many different uh, uh, projects behind that. A lot of those are hydrogen-based, of course. But in addition to hydrogen, we do have uh, uh, some more traditional industrial uh, consumption. We have data centers. Even the electric vehicles are doing a little bit there, as well as, as uh, district heating based on electricity. So both heat pumps and electric boilers will be more in use in in future. So so there are there are several different. Uh, uh, like sources providing this increase, but of course the thing is that uh, that uh, there are a lot of plans, but not that yet, not that many investment decisions yet. So so in that way, I understand the concern that uh, that on the production side there are a lot of investment decisions and and they are waiting that this uh, this consumption is also coming. We have a lot of plans and it's 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 quite. Probably that not all of those plans will realize, but even if a part of those plans will realize, we will have a significant increase in, in power demand. And, uh, and like you, Riku, said, this is something that we haven't seen, I mean, in, in past history, that uh, this in industri- industrial society can, you can see some big change in a short time. But, uh, but for example, if we think about the shale gas some years ago, that was a total game-changer in, in some areas. And now this clean electricity can be similar game-changer so it's it's basically possible that uh, that uh, a lot of these uh, these projects will realize. But uh, but as I said, we are not yet in having those investment decisions, and and I, I understand that uh, that many producers are are really eagerly waiting those decisions
0: before they actually embark fully on on, on their plans. A- yeah. Absolutely, but and is and that? And
2: that, mm. that I, I agree that uh, that uh, the. Uh, target or, or the uh, forecast for wind power and solar power increase in Finland is quite uh, ambitious and to have that to realize we need these demand investment decisions.
0: Absolutely, Is that demand going to be quite seasonal as well? Uh, if you're talking about heat pumps and, and the electrification of, of the heating uh, sector yes, then?
2: It will be seasonal but, uh, but of course uh, you need the district heating during summertime also. Mm-hmm. I mean you have the hot water consumption in the cities and so on. And, and then the question is that uh, if you have a very cheap electricity during summertime, mm. you might actually use the electric boilers during summertime.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I would believe
3: that the ones who are already having those electric boilers they were really happy to see mu- prices on the minus side because, well, <laughs> <laughs> there, there's no p- cheaper option for your heating then. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, and, and continuing on talking about negative prices, Rico, I mean, is this something, obviously, we've seen prices come down to quite substantial uh, lows just a few few days ago. Um, do you think the prevalence of these prices, um, these types of prices, will increase?
3: Um well, with, uh, with current uh, speed of increase in, let's say, also in European level on both wind and solar, I, uh, let's say the, um, it, uh, this uh, rest production increases much faster than any flexibility on the system side. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's no other way in the medium term then they will definitely happen more often and we also saw the exchanges european power exchanges changing the threshold for the second auction on the lower end and i think that's a very clear sign that the exchanges are expecting more lower prices as well why wouldn't why would they do it otherwise
0: I mean, I, I want to, to turn to, to Mark and Heidi and ask you a little bit about how, how you combine wind and, and nuclear. Does that, compose system, does that pose system challenges or can they happily coexist, Heidi? I want to ask you first.
1: Well, until now, we haven't been self-sufficient in, in terms of electricity. So there, there's definitely been room for both of them for all production. And now the question goes goes pretty much to how how much consumption we will have, how responsive that will be. Um, of course, it, the winds don't always blow, so so that sets a challenge for for the
2: system.
0: I mean, Marco, does the the level of intermittency with wind can can nuclear adjust flexibly? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, we have seen that, uh, for example, this lot three has had several different power levels. I mean, as an output during the last uh, couple of weeks with these negative prices. So obviously, they can regulate nuclear power a little bit. That has not been the case in Finland, typically. But uh, but uh, now it seems to be a bit different. But then again, I mean, if you can if you can regulate the nuclear power a couple of hundred megawatts, that's not really an answer uh, for 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 the bigger picture. So. So obviously, a lot of this new demand uh, need to have some flexibility, and uh, and that's that's very crucial. That I mean, so far, nuclear power and wind power and all other power sources in Finland they have uh, worked very nicely together. I mean, we have, uh, as, as many times told, the cheapest electricity in Europe at the moment, or or quite often, and and in that way. But uh, but uh, the thing is that, that the more we will have the wind power, the more crucial it will be that also the demand is flexible, and in that way, of course, this hydrogen. Projects or the plans for these hydrogen projects, assuming that uh, that it's a kind of uh, some part of the hydrogen is stored, keep it in storage or, or or that kind of things, is is a good development.
0: And storage here is crucial, isn't it, Riku? As well, the flexible storage such as batteries, sort of utility scale batteries. Is this something you're seeing in, in Finland o- already, or plans f- plans for those kind of for that kind of infrastructure? Is that coming?
3: Well, at least I haven't really heard of much s- such investments that one would invest in batteries uh, to play with them on, on the spot market. Those which we have seen have really been more on the ancillary service right, markets and right, that kind right. of stuff. So I uh, let's say we don't seem to be there uh, yet in economic point. I would at least, uh, one clear thing which we are now missing is clearly the flexibility in the transmission lines because I think uh, part of the problems lately in Finland have happened because we don't have a reliable power, uh, power connection to uh, Sweden because Svenska uh, Kraftnet has blocked the connection to, uh, to middle Sweden mm. and that has been actually one of the causes why we have had so low prices in just Finland because we have not had no place to uh, let's say uh, transmit the power to mm. and mm. well we also have had annual maintenance in the S-Link cable, which I think also that had an effect why we, especially we had lately these very low prices in Finland.
0: Absolutely. I mean, uh, Marco. I mean but that's about to change, isn't it? There's, there's the Aurora line that's being built between, but that's maybe northern Sweden more than, than middle Sweden, isn't it? But that surely would, would help uh, I- in these cases.
2: Yes, Aurora line is a very good addition to our system because in that, that line enables uh, us to connect our, fi- our wind power to Swedish wind power and especially to the, to the uh, very good storages that uh, they have in, in Swedish river systems. So that will help definitely our, our situation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and Heidi, if, you know, a lot of, I hear a lot of complaints or concerns maybe across Europe about bureaucratic obstacles to, to wind power and, and solar development or generally the, the renewables expansion um and permit, permitting rules being the main thing I, is that an issue in finland or i mean and and the sort of nimbyism not in my backyard although i saw i think wind wind europe had something uh, similar they called it WIMBY, as in wind in my backyard uh, you know um but what's 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 happening in finland is this um is this is there an obstacle or are there hurdles in place because of the permitting rules mm.
1: well <coughs> i think in the permitting process there's always room to make it smoother um that it's not perfect anywhere ever um so plenty of ideas we have how to how to make it better but in big picture it works um bottlenecks we see in some areas uh, related to transmission um grid connections um of course the handling times of of um administrative courts are very very long in finland um which causes delays of several years for wind projects um, um but then the you know, we nimby um comment um I, I think um the local acceptance needs needs to be seeked every every time separately in in each project so it's um that that demands a lot from the project developer they really need to meet the local people and and gain their trust and and um that's a very, very important part of the game, even though it's it's not a permitting project as such, but it's the social permit, social social license to operate. I
0: mean, if you don't have the social obse- acceptance, then obviously that causes problems. Mm. So that's mm. but, I- but again, it's time consuming, isn't it? Uh, of
1: course. Yeah, yeah, that takes a lot of coffee drinking, certainly. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. I could
3: definitely comment that I, I think the Finnish property tax system, for power plants is a remarkable success because that's really one big uh, difference between Finland and many other countries, because in Finland, the municipality where the wind power or hydropower or whatever power plant is located in, they get a significant amount locally to that particular municipality. And that has really helped the acceptance in Finland. And this is totally different in already in many places in Central Europe, many n- municipalities don't get anything, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then why why would they be interested? Exactly. So there's yeah. there's a big difference in this, and I yeah. think this is part of one of the let's say hidden factors be, uh, behind the Finnish
1: success. Yeah, 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 and that's very true. Thanks for bringing up um, the the topic. Um, already in, in Sweden, we see that mm, they exactly. they're, they're carefully looking what Finland is doing, and and it's crucial for the industry that the the. Property tax remains as the benefit of the municipality. Also in future, that's that's the could say the only and the biggest uh, motivation for municipalities. And if it's small municipality, a lot of wind power that really really plays a, a role in a time when the the municipality economics are are pretty much struggling in most parts of parts of the country.
0: Provides the sort of local population with a sense of ownership of the products as well. If they're not just, I mean, economically, uh, and that's that's important, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Well, they c- they can really see uh, see the benefit in the in their own tax rates. Yeah, lower, taxes and lower taxes, better services, better services m- new yeah, new new schools. Many yeah. many wind power municipalities are constructing at the moment, so it's something very concrete that they people actually can see in their everyday lives.
2: Uh, yeah. This also means that they can keep their independence. They don't need to uh, join for bigger municipalities because of the economical situation. That can be very important for some local people. But isn't that
0: as long as you know uh, a lot of these plants and developments remain um, profitable? Uh, Riku. I mean, if if we see you know if the, if there's a a massive increase in supply as as is being talked about, mm. there's is there a danger of cannibalization that a lot of um, in a sense that you know more and more capacity coming online will drive prices down further and further which then would hit the profitability of such units
3: yes i definitely think that cannibalization is a very significant risk in wherever in europe you are including finland both for solar which we see very evidently in, in the netherlands for example and then also for wind, cannibalization is uh, much more a risk than it used to be. And if, if you are an investor, you must make your own evaluations of what it will be. Nobody can say what it exactly will be, mm-hmm. but to not be prepared for that would be strange. Yeah, I mean
1: in Finland, Our wind power capacity is heavily concentrated in, in the western parts of the country, in, in north, north oster region, so in, in the Finnish case, it would be crucial that we we would be able to construct wind power also in eastern parts of the country. A lot of benefits there. Um, yeah. Of course, the transmission to, to the southern areas would be shorter. Yeah. If it's not windy in the western parts of the country, it's highly likely windy in, in the eastern parts of the country. Um, municipality uh, benefits, of course, that there's plenty of municipalities in eastern Finland that would be eager to take the, the tax benefits. Um, and also it's it's getting a bit crowded with wind, po- uh, wind turbines in, in some parts of the country, so so definitely the issue with um coexisting with military radars need needs to be solved. Mm. And it's not only about getting the wind power uh projects in, in those regions because the power to X uh hydrogen industries or the new new Korean industry will follow the wind. And if
0: that's the I suppose the, the flip side of the coin that if you have a, a lower lower price area, lower prices, then that attracts more industry as well. But but are, are you getting um, signs from developers that they're being a bit more cautious now, given the situation in Finland? It's not oversupply, but it's certainly ample supply uh, and, the, and, and the threat that that could hit the profitability of projects that they're planning.
1: What we see at the moment is a uh, huge, uh, huge Rust in project development in green fields. So there's very heated uh, competition over land lease agreements in, in areas. So um, apparently it's not visible for us yet. Um, but then what will happen in, in, a, in a year or a couple of years is another thing.
0: Are you getting inundated with uh, grid connection uh, requests, um, <laughs> uh, applications there, Marco?
2: Yeah, we have a p- lot of grid uh, con- connection questions that uh, you might have uh, have heard. That, that I mean, I mean there are a lot of gigawatts possible projects, and uh, and uh, at the moment I think that uh, was it so that we have something close to six gigawatts wind power at the moment. So yes. some five gigawatts is on pipeline, so either on construction or the grid connection agreement has been done. Mm-hmm. So that seem to be that, uh, that uh, this close to six gigawatts can, uh, can double in, in, in some years with these. And then the question is that how much after that will realize, but that's then more connected to the how the consumption will increase.
0: Mm, absolutely. And how, how w- what's your view here then, Rico, on the outlook for, for wind power in Finland? Is it w- Can it continue on the same track and the same speed that it has been doing so far?
3: yeah well i i think that at least that we have we are cl- very clearly seen the science as it cannot be much faster than it already is so in a way we are at mm. uh, we are, have we have accelerated as much as we can and we really can't accelerate much more so but i am r- relatively certain that this speed we have so much p- project in the pipeline just like said that in a way that those will be realized but i think that there there will be a challenge and uh, let's say I think that if, if one looks really on the big picture of the European industry here, it's a boom and bust industry, mm. or it has been so. And I, let's say I would be really surprised if that doesn't come at some point that we have much lower investments. Mm. But of course, to say when, that's a yeah. very hard question. Yeah. But, yeah. It, but there will be a season when, uh, a time when there will be lower speed of investments. I'm mm. certain of that
1: everywhere are fluctuating to some extent so yeah, th- there's yeah. no steady market in that sense
0: no it, it's all it's very cyclical isn't it in a sense um but i think um actually we've we've run out of of time pretty much so i think um i think i think it's been it's been fascinating to hear about the the finnish success story both in wind and for nuclear um and and the way that the market operates so so riku marco and and heidi thank you very much for, for joining the montel weekly podcast you, Thank
3: you. Thank you.